Harlem courthouse, 6 a.m. He screws her and she screws him. Everyone has a problem. They watch while we report. So you think you're better than us? This is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Thrapp. We're starting this episode with a song that we're likely cutting from the musical Good Morning New York that opens off Broadway at the Players Theater January 9th, 2020. You're listening to the song that was called The Intern Revolution. We're kind of maybe taking it out. We'll let you know, but I'm opening the show with it because I'm on jury duty this week. So all I can picture is this song where they're like, Harlem Courthouse 6am, that's all I can think about. I'm not there, I'm not in Harlem, but I'm certainly somewhere else. So there you go. So I've been writing this and editing this during the breaks and jury duty. So I have an exciting podcast today. Um, Last week, you guys heard me talk about the pitch. I was getting ready to pitch. I have pitched the musical. So before I start and we go into all the pitch, I want to say that our musical has raised $2,060 so far. That's from you guys in the Indiegogo page. We need to raise $13,000. My goal is to raise $4,000 by April 1st. If you want to help out, donate, visit goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com. My goal is to have this show fundraised by June 1st. There are some behind-the-scenes talks right now, so you might see this fund surge within the next, I would say, month. We're going to see some surges. So if you want to get involved, shoot me a message if you want to donate more than 500 bucks. Maybe get on board as an investor because we have a lot of opportunities. So today, you're going to hear the pitch to investors. Now, there is a lot of numbers being thrown around, and I want everyone to know in advance, these are best-case scenario. And then we talk about other future productions as well. These are numbers that are just rough estimates. So I just want to say for anyone listening who kind of knows what's happening with the musical, I'm making the payments to cast and crew on realistic numbers. Um, What we're throwing out in the investor meeting is best case scenario. I did my budget based off break-even numbers, which is if we have 55% of capacity. So basically like... If we sell 50% of the seats at a discounted price, that's what the numbers are based off of because those are more realistic. So, do we get funded? Let's find out. I take the M train to Brooklyn and I walk up to a Williamsburg office building, walked in. This is JD. Hi, I'm She's Jack. one of the presenters. Some people I knew, some people I didn't. Hi, this nice is to meet you. Sorry, my hands are cold, I know. Right. The guy hosting the event, Sean, gave a brief introduction for who I am and what I'm about to pitch. We're about to be presenting something that's on Broadway. Off Broadway, but hey, I can't interrupt hmm. the guy. So how do you, from an investor standpoint of view, look at that? And how do you, as a technology standpoint of view, from a technologist, look at that? What can we innovate on something that's theater? And that is the age-old question. So with that being said, I'm gonna let Jackie, I'm gonna let Jackie come up, I'm gonna let Jackie go ahead and present her idea real quick. Um, and then she's going to probably switch the screen real quick because she has a, a, a trailer that she wants to share with us. Um, but I'm going to let Jackie talk. I'll let you come. come Great. On, and right. I'm going to record this whole thing. You can have podcast. fun for your podcast. Yes. Great. Making a musical podcast, if anyone's listening. I've been recording your introduction. I'm just going to test the audio just to make sure it works. So give me a hot second. So we get the trailer ready and I walk up and see a panel of guys. Here I go. Nice to meet you. I'm Jackie. 
Uh, let me know if I'm blocking them from the camera. So I have a new musical called Good Morning New York. We are opening off-Broadway at the Players Theater January 9th, 2020. So um, my business, it's an established LLC that raises funds for the musical, and then we use that to produce it. And so before I start, there is a YouTube trailer from our off-off-Broadway production. So how these things go when it comes to develop, before you even go to investors or pretty much anyone, you have to first do a table read, which we did a year ago, then, um, then a reading, a stage reading, which we did eight months ago, then a summer, like you do like an off-off-Broadway one at a 30-seat theater. So that's what you're going to see. You're going to see clips from the 30-seat theater and the actors from that show. I played him the trailer that you guys have seen on our Indiegogo page and our YouTube page, and then I went on to explain it a little bit more. So that's the off-Broadway show, or the off-off-Broadway show that we recorded in the summer when we did a little run. As you can see, there wasn't really a set. Um, there wasn't too much with costumes, and there wasn't really much of a band either. So now that we tested it out, you also saw that we had reviews. So I'm a full-time journalist, and I've been in news for nine years. So we have reviews behind us. We have the script is in so Good Morning New York. It's inspired by real journalists in New York City, by my times working at a station in New York City. It explores the behind the scenes culture of broadcast news, and it's about a team working 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. So, yeah, it's all we really need now is uh, the money, basically. And that money is we got a deal at the Players Theater. You guys saw it was produced in association with Michael Sturges from the Players Theater. He runs it, so he gave us a free theater for a residency, a five-week residency, and we just have to pay the cast and the costumes and the set and the band. And so we're raising 13000 minimum and then a maximum of 20000 It was supposed to be a five-minute pitch for a business plan that I've spent months working on with GM's advice and then investors and other writers and producers. The business plan was done. All we really need now is uh, the money. And I gave the potential investors a little bit more of an idea of how much we need to raise. And keep in mind that there's been a lot of other shows who've done this residency before. So we're all pretty much in the same range. And as you heard on a previous podcast when I interviewed the Players Theater, they do kind of pick shows that they believe will be successful in that theater and with that budget range. So it's all the same budget, mostly. We just got to find the money. I started breaking down where the costs are coming from and how much I already put into it. So we already did a reading. So the reading cost me from the summer on 6,000 bucks. And then moving forward, we need to raise almost 13,000 for off-Broadway. And then that's how much we're gonna pay the cast and crew during the run. And so basically then there's the royalties right here. So that's where we're at. That's where you're at. That's where we're at. Then the potential investors started asking questions. We're going to talk a little bit. I'm a strategist, so I, you know, I come from a strategist standpoint side. As a strategist, mm -hmm. all right, number one, um, you know, um, I'm looking at this, it's $30,000. I see um, the off-Broadway show, but as an investor, one of the things I'm going to always look at is the long term. The conversation quickly switched from raising money for an off-Broadway show to raising money for a Broadway show. I know um, personally because we've had offline conversations about you doing on-Broadway and different things like that. Can you explain to uh, my potential investors uh, what their investment is, the return on the investment, and then what's the potential for the next investment when you guys get on the home? Yeah, so what you can make total is right 
here after we subtract royalties. So it's 1000 before royalties and then after royalties. That's about how much you'll make after we recoup. So that's in profit. And then if you, let's say you donate 10000 to the off-Broadway production that we're going to have, then you have right of first refusal for 10000 for Broadway or West End or tour. And there were ideas being thrown around about how I could produce um, multiple shows in a year. Um, this show or different shows as a company. What I do think is kind of an interesting thing to consider is uh, not just this production, but how can you create a model where you can regularly bootstrap these kind of productions profitably well said, yes. over time. And if you can create a model, then that's where it starts to like look more interesting from an investor standpoint, where it's like, okay, we've got, we can consistently. Can we do this again? Now well, Exactly. And then hopefully then do more than one production at a time. So in a sense, look at this as a, a pilot of, of an approach. So more like a theater company, not individual show right. like that? Okay. It was very clear that the business model for an off-Broadway show isn't similar to a startup or something like that where there's millions to be made. It uh, clearly wasn't there. This isn't a knock in any capacity, just candor. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm a straight financial investor there's just not much money. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's not that the passion project isn't there, which it clearly is. I have this philosophy ever since crowdfunding came out. Anything under 100 grand you can get from crowdfunding or grants or whatever. Yeah, like I have this philosophy because a lot of times... You gotta go big or go home. Yeah, you gotta go big and go home. And we're only halfway through. And you know, me and you discussed this a little bit, you know. Uh, I, I think uh, my team actually sent you something like, oh, you only need this, is it any more? And then you was like, well, no, I have to do this, I do this, I do this, and I'm like, all right, cool. Because at the end of the day, guys like myself, guys like Geneva, guys like Taylor, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking at the gigantic picture. We want to know like, okay, so how do I take my money and invest it that you go from off-Broadway to Broadway and I'm invested in a long-term Broadway? And if there's a mistake not to make, and I'm saying this because I've made it mm -hmm. more than once, don't go back asking. What do you need for the next 36 months? That's a better question. Or the next 24 months? Well, I can give you over that. The court, over the course yes, of Yes, but over, for what? Yeah, you for know, what? For how many? Like, if, and like if, 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 if we were to like right now sign you a check to like be like, yo, this is gonna cover you for the next 24 months, like what would you do with it? Yeah, so I would use 13,000 for this, and then we would jump off-Broadway or to Broadway, we'll, we'll pitch it to both, and then we'll need 1.5 million to do an, a limit, an open That's what we want to But that's not what I'm trying to do here. Because you're going to hear it get pretty uncomfortable. Um, as a playwright, people always confuse me to be playwright producer, so that means when I pitch stuff, that means I can go anywhere and do anything because I have all the rights to it. That's not what it is for me. Um, as a playwright, I only gave my company, Jacqueline Frapp, LLC, the rights to do it for the five-week limited engagement at the Players Theater, January 9th, 2020. That's it. Those are the rights that I gave the producer. As a producer, I know that I would not get a Broadway theater. Everybody has told me that. No, it's not the play. I'm saying as a producer, I don't have the experience. I don't have the connections. I don't have anything to get a Broadway theater. But as a playwright, my options can be anything. I could license it. 
I could have theater companies fly me out to Chicago or London or Los Angeles and write a version of my musical to their market. It could be called Good Morning London, Good Morning Chicago, Good Morning Los Angeles, Good Morning Denver. It can be anything. So as a playwright, I need to keep all of the doors open and not give all of the licensing rights to myself as a producer who doesn't have as many options as other producers out there and other theater companies out there. See what I'm saying? So like for licensing reasons and future reasons, my odds are much better for the longevity of the play, getting that in a producer's hands. Um, that's not just me. In another, in, I need to get it in another producer's hands. And the rights aren't for sale. <laughs> so because that goes into a play again, even though I want to get this show funded, I'm not going to give an investor or anybody the rights to any future productions of the play for 13 grand. That's so low. I know that the show is worth more than that. I'd rather raise 13 grand than give anybody unlimited rights to any future production. And I'm not also not going to commit to producing my stuff just to get $13,000. Does that make sense? And like I said on a previous podcast, I could raise the money without investors. And if it's in the best interest of the future of the show, I might. This is your beta. Okay. And I would say, uh, listen, if we're able to do six of these in a year or 12 in a year, run the numbers and, and show that projection. Because right. that's going to be significantly more compelling. If this works and you can demonstrate, you can duplicate it, that's all that matters. But the problem that we now enter is I can't duplicate it. It's actually not a problem. The residency is for learning how to produce. So we're not going to get a free theater ever again. So we can't duplicate it. That's all that matters. The same show or more? No, 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 no. Same, same model. Yeah, the oh, same model. Same model. Okay. okay. So yeah, if the show works, it's great. But then it's basically you're taking kind of a portfolio approach. You know, as much as you love every one of those babies that you're putting out into the world, if the, if one doesn't work, it's fine. But you're spreading it across. But if you do it, you know, even four four out of the six times each in each stage. So now we're talking about me producing a series of shows. Even though I've said I only want to do one show, we're, we're talking about this. So you said $30,000 in total. I'm just going to round it up. This is a cap, cap 20. Um, okay, you can round it up. Well, I'm just going to do 30 for shits and giggles. Okay. Um, at the end of the day, um, 30 for shits and giggles, 12, like you said, that's 360. So honestly, what she's really asking for is $360,000 for 12 events. And these 12 events are going to bill you to the one and a half million dollar. Assuming goal. you're getting each scale. Assuming that you're getting every scale. Yeah. So that's what you're really asking Because see, right now, because like, if you listen to what Tell is saying, it's like right now, you're doing this out here. They make a lot of good points if it were a production company, but I'm just trying to raise money for a show. So our interests are obviously conflicting, and this probably would have been a good time to walk away, but I didn't. So uh, we keep on rolling. I do want to throw a few things out there. Um, and you we, sold out, and like every time I've been to your event, you're sold out, you're packed. So I know. Yeah, we sold out. Yeah, yeah, we sold she, out almost she sells every time. Yeah. She sells out her events. Um, for this, for this run right now, the limited engagement—that's a 50-50 split with the theater. If our budget's thirty thousand, no one's gonna recoup. No one will make their money back. Heads up. So, that, so that's the first part. And then the second part: uh, eighty percent of Broadway shows don't recoup. So people throw it in knowing that they don't get their money back. And there's a line in the contract saying, you know, it's not going to come back. You're talking with three people that invest in technology. Yeah, you, you guys. Understand. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. long tail. Yeah, 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 you guys know good, good, Everybody good. has a great app. 
Yeah. <laughs> so right. I mean, we're the definition of betting on the cup. Yeah. Got it. Honestly. So but just, that doesn't mean thank you. you can flop. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. of course not. Of course not. Okay, got it. Okay. All right. So how do you feel right now? Honestly, pretty bad. How did you raise all that? Oh, how did I raise it? Yeah, That's tell the truth. All the 18? I paid for it. Well, I no, self-funded. No, you had the crowd, you, what was your crowdfunding? Oh, 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 that's not in the numbers. Here, let me show you. Oh, yeah, you. let's talk about that. So yeah. she's already started on crowdfunding. I personally have already put in 6000 bucks. So the reading, the workshop, and the off-off-broader run, that was me self-funding the whole thing. So I've already put that much money in crowdfunding. We were using that for the estimated production cost, which is the almost 13000 so, so I want you to realize something. Your current connection. I always like to show people this. Is, uh, so you put in six and some change, they put in two, so technically it's like 30. So that means that the people you know gave you 30% extra of the money that you put in. Yeah. Caught that? Yeah, you, you have to think about that. So even though it was pretty clear that they probably weren't going to invest in the musical, they did make some very good points about who I can tap into. Have you actually explored every person that you know? Yet? Not fully. But I do have some who, when they put in a few hundred, I went back on them and I said, hey, by the way, if you're interested, we do have investing opportunities where it's not just a donation, you can invest if you want. Quick question. So I'm going to ask you two questions that are very important right now. Uh-huh. Um, question number one, how many people did your crowdfunding? Question number two, how many people told you that you have on social media? Let's see. Crowdfunding... I think we're at eight or nine, between eight and 12, I haven't checked it in 12 people, days. okay. So I would I'll, say 12, but yeah. What is your social media numbers? When you add up all your Facebook friends, all your LinkedIn friends, everybody together, come on, how much, what are your numbers? If I did ballpark it, maybe 3,000, if I did ballpark it, right. yeah. So you haven't hit 10% of your market yet. But just ask me, before you even go to a VC, you haven't hit 10% of your market yet, just to say, support the crowdfunding. Right. So what happens if you hit 10% of your market? Do you think that you need the money from us or do you think you can raise it by yourself? Hmm. Think about it. Let me think about it. You said that you only had 8 to 12 people who actually invested, right? You don't need us. You don't need us. This is the point of this meeting. This meeting is about us teaching people that you don't need us until you get to a certain level. That you get to a certain level. Most people, a lot of startups don't know, they'll run to an angel investor, they'll run to a VC, and they don't even realize, you already know. Like, you know, it's an old saying, my partner, I wish Vinny was here. Vinny would say, Sean, you already met everybody that you make a millionaire. You only need me to make you a hundred million. That's what you said. That's all you need. And remember, if we're offering you money on this kind of deal, mm. you don't want it. You don't want it because we want 50%. Cutting in here real fast to talk about sleep. Can you recall a time when your mom yelled at you to make your bed? Or could you recall a time waking up and your toes were coming out of the covers freezing? That is the story of my life because I don't have heat in my room. It's in my apartment, but not my room. So that's why I want to tell you about ZSOC. ZSOC is a patented bedding product which solves two major issues. The ZSOC eliminates the everyday hassle of making your bed. Let me repeat that. You'll never have to make your bed again. It also keeps your toes tucked in no matter how much you toss and turn at night. If you want warmth from your nose to your toes, you gotta check out ZSOC. Here's how you do it. Visit ZSOC.com. That has three Z's though. So it's Z-Z-Z-S-O-C-K. 
www.ebaybarbie.com. There's also a link in the notes section of this episode. This is gonna change the way you sleep. You're gonna be happy you checked it out. Well, because we're basically, <laughs> guess we're basically going to take all of it. We'll, we'll take, take all of it. We'll take everything. Yeah. And that's, no, our feelings, that's just reality. Right, yeah, because the percentage of ticket sales, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why when you ran to your lawyer and your lawyer was saying, oh, no, da 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 you know, when you send me the information, he was like, oh, no, 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 tell him da 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 He said that he was being very smart because he understood that, that a guy like me, that I'm, I'm, if I hand you this, I'm going to want like 40 or 50%. Right. I'm going to want a good cap because I want to be able to move when you go to Broadway. So I'm going to want a good cap. So I feel personally, you can raise this money. Right. Really quick. I don't think you ran through all of your numbers. I don't think you ran through every You're not very far. Yeah, you're like right there. Like you're right there. So I think you got this. And I think that what needs to happen is I think that this... He had a really good point. Like I, I slept on it and I thought about it overnight and I was like... You know, it sucks that people uh, won't invest, but also they're right. It is a small investment in the world of investing. And I have not contacted to my network. And so this week, if you're listening to the podcast, you are about to or will be getting a message from me to invest, or not to invest, but to donate to Good Morning New York. You already have everybody with you, but it's really that simple. And then I want you to come back and then present us the real deal. But I do want to say, (laughs) I've been advised by producers not to raise any more than that. No, that's fine. We want you to raise this, produce it, and then come back with us with the real deal. Whatever the real deal is. The real deal, I I just want to be honest, not that I'm being defined, but the real deal is going to take months to build. You sure about that? Yeah, positive. Broadway, 100%. I promise you this was made with help from a CPA and producers and myself, but the real deal is going to cost 2500 for a GM. I mean, you should always, coming from a manufacturing business, build a buffer. Build a buffer. 10%, 15%, whatever. Right. Build yourself enough of a cushion that you don't have to get Yeah. Because you know what, that conversation is going to be 10 times harder mm-hmm. than having the first one, asking for the money. Mm-hmm. Going back to like, you know what, I fucked up, I need more money. You don't want to, you do not. We'd like to have that conversation. Then you're going to pay. Right. And not that. Right. But I will say, it's going to take months to build an, a Broadway budget. Just give yourself I'm a cushion. I'm just being serious. Give yourself a cushion. You're just telling me you can give yourself a cushion. You have to always think about that. Your idea is amazing to me, and the reason why I wanted you to actually present it because it's, it, it's really defiant. It's defiant to me because I, I had the privilege to watch today ticks grow. I had the privilege to watch uh, my guys like literally come into an already dominant Broadway. What is it? TKS, whatever the hell. It is. TKTS, yeah. Yeah, they dominated that market, and they have today ticks come in be validated at 150 million. I remember those guys coming to WeWorks. They were in WeWorks, they were in the WeWorks, similar to this. $10,000 in their pocket. They're validated at 150 million. They're competing against the best of the best in the Broadway. So it's always about how disruptive you can be. You understand what we would call the sustainable model. The sustainable model of Broadway is very easy to understand. It hasn't ever changed in over 100 years, it seems like. 
-hmm. But at the end of the day, what's the disruptive? You know what the disruptive with you are is? Is actually the play. The play is playing on every immigrant that ever walks. I've seen your play. You haven't went through the details with these guys in the play, but it goes through every walk of every immigrant that walks into New York. Even it makes me look at myself as an immigrant from Virginia coming to, to New York. And I live in the United States of America. But that's what your play plays on. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, it has a statement, it has a philosophy, it has, a, it has something good. It's no different than when we look at cats or we look at, you know me, I love Broadway. So at the end of the day, we look at Kinky Boots, we look at anything else. We look at Wicked that has this run that's going crazy. I think Wicked's going to end up being like cats and have a long run. Like, yeah, you really got it. It's going to be a crazy ass run. But at the end of the day, you know, all of these, all of these Broadway shows, all these different things, there has never been any disruption. The only disruption that has ever happened is the ticketing process. And I had the privilege to, to watch that great company grow in New York's West Broadway, right across from Chips in Soho. So I had to, I watched them go from this to that to this. You have a disruptive idea in the in that market. So like how they looked at tickets, you have a disruptive show in that market. And you're gonna get, a lot of the advice that you get from Broadway, I need you to understand one day, 50% of it you don't need to listen to. You know why? It's sustainable information. You don't understand what that means. Sustainable information basically means this. It's sustainable at this moment. But what happens when a disruptor happens? What happens when you have a today's ticket that just totally throws off all of the Broadway ticketing processes and how it works? So is it possible for you to have a disruptive Broadway show? Is it possible for you to bring millenniums into the theater? Your show, I told a couple of my friends about it. They're millenniums. They saw a couple of the video clips that I, sh I showed them. Oh my God, that's a hip, that's a cool show. So how do, you, how do you mentally go to Broadway and say, my show is hip, my show is linear, my show will bring a new crowd to you with your dying crowd. That's what I really want to know. Because right now, their sustainable crowd is dying. They're old, they're dying. I'm just gonna be real. No, that's not true. No shit, it is. <laughs> the numbers disagree. Why you say that? Let me tell you. Tell me your numbers that they gave you. Yeah, well, if you go to playbill.com, you'll see that the numbers are higher than they've been in years. Oh, yes, that's retirement people's money. They're dying. I'm not saying that they're not alive right now. I'm saying, I'm being straight up, you're laughing, but I'm saying that there's, these are 67 year old people that came into their retirement, and yes, the numbers are going up because you know why? The baby boomers right now. You guys know I'm a journalist at heart, so I have to cut in and say this. According to the Broadway League survey from 2017, a quarter of theater goers were under the age of 25. That's one fourth of the market. Sean is right though, because more than one third of theater goers are over 50. You wanna know why Broadway's going up? Because the baby boomers right now are cashing in. What happens when they all die out? What is the future of your company? I see what you're saying. So you yeah. want to continue to bring people die and then I want to know when the 20 and 30 year olds come to the Broadway at. Because right now, all the numbers that you're seeing mm -hmm. is based on people who are retiring right now. You have the baby boomer generation who loves theater, who is retiring right now, and they're going to spend a ton of money on it. At the end of the day, what's the next generation? Yeah, makes sense. That's what I want to know. Your show actually is the next generation. The majority of shows that I actually see is not. Mm -hmm. So think about that. So let me ask you. So, all right. So let's say 
so you're you're moves. You want the big business plan, yeah. where it's not just one show, but it's a series of shows for the theater. The Broadway business plan is going to take time. I don't care if it's but one show because honestly, if, if it's one show like Cats, you've done it. So right now, if you make Good Morning New York, all right, let me give you a prime example. Jay Z, right now, Jay Z. Anybody will tell you what's the theme song from New York, and they'll automatically know Jay Z has a theme song from New York. Empire State of Mind. Like everybody knows this song. It relates to New York. Could you be Good Morning New York? That every time someone comes to New York, this is what they this is what they think about. That's the question I want to ask you. As a child. I do. do. You yeah. feel that? Yeah, and we have songs as well. Like one I of know them is called the Staten Island Ferry. Just plug your nose, open your eyes. It's the most romantic place to be. Looking at New York City on the Staten Island Ferry. Ooh. And whenever people go on it, they'll tweet me about it or they'll send me stuff that it's in their head. So we have songs that New Yorkers can and tourists and all that can relate to. With that well. being said, never think small on your idea. Right. Understand that you're getting advice from Broadway people. Right now, you're sending with the panelists of people that are business people. One of the biggest problems with a lot of people when they're working with startups, they always get advice from people in the industry. Two things I always like to teach people about people in their industry. Number one, if they're a mentor, they've been there, they've done that, and they don't ever want you to do better than what they did. Number two, when it comes down to it, they're always giving you validated information based on their industry at its sustainability at that moment. There's no disruption. So all of the companies or all of the businesses that do something crazy, they look into other industries and they grab their disruption. So right now, you're sitting in front of a whole bunch of people. I love Broadway. I think, I think he loves Broadway. I think he loves Broadway too. But at the end of the day, we're all in different fields. I'm a strategist, technologist, all of us in technical fields. But at the end of the day, I'm interested in what you say. So what I'm interested in is what is going to be the disruption for Broadway because I'm seeing it in the opera. I want to know what's going to be disruption. That's why I got like JD. I got JD because I'm like, so what technology can we build for this? Because the Met has this for opera. So what technology can we build? What what is it that can be built? When I look at Taylor, I look at um, how um, things have been changed. From you go to a concert at Live Nation, you have in front of your Instagram by yourself. But with him, you go to a Live Nation concert, and there's this big ass Instagram uh, kiosk. kiosk that you go in and you take pictures and you do this, and it's like. Disrupted that industry. That's we're actually disruptors. that's something we're gonna do. We talked about it on the podcast. That's what I'm so what we're gonna do? It's gonna be free headshot day, and basically we're gonna give people who come in free news headshots because on oh. these casting sites they're always like we're looking for reporters right now. They're doing that Fox News movie. They're like send us your shot as a reporter or whatever or a headshot, and no one really has them. So we're gonna do free headshots day for news headshots. And Insta, and you got it like a lot of Instagram game. Anything that people post about, you have to do as well, which is what we're going to do. Cool. So, any other questions you have for us? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me ask you this. So, I come back. I got the test to screen real quick, guys. Go ahead. Okay, got it. So, you said the 20th, right? So, yeah. I make a business plan for the company, not just the show. Mm -hmm. And I come back and I pitch it again. Are you guys interested? Why are you going to ask that investor like that? We will never tell you. We want to see the finished product. Right, but you did tell me you were interested. You just trying to call me out as a friend right now. Yes, I am. Note that on that. Yes, I am. So, I am very interested. Don't, don't, don't worry about me. But 
it is not about me. This is not about personal relationship. I want you to talk about you know. You too. If I if I take the time, which I'll gladly do, gladly, if I make this presentation. You have a bigger presentation. You know, it's like, it's a whole bunch of people and bigger investors over there in the 20th. That's fine. I, that's fine. Um, I can make one. So if I make one, then are you guys, at, in, do you have interest in it? We have interest in understanding more. Is that, is that no, no, I'm sorry. Not my playground. Is that playground? Kind of the same boat. That doesn't mean, I'm, that I'm doesn't deeply mean it's not compelling. Yeah, and I'm deeply curious about this because I haven't really thought that much about the financials around putting on a production. So, I haven't either. Uh, well, actually, I have, but I have. It's just not something I invest in. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I mean, I think from a... It's like something that it seems like something that I would invest like on Kickstarter, like from that perspective. And I, I mean, I have I've invested in like documentaries and things where I didn't necessarily have any financial interest in, in that regard. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't nearly know. Like, it, well, it's, hey, we're talking out our ass. Yeah, we're coming from the tech space. We're putting on a Broadway perspective here. So next time I come back with the show, what I'm should my show show us what you've done? There you go. Right, and if it's not you, next time I go to any investor for anything, what percent, what money do I have to have to be taken serious? It's not a money thing. It, it's a proving what you proven of concept. What you say you're going to do, if you can turn that into reality, you'll people to be willing to listen. Yep. Okay. Turn into reality. And, I mean, set, set a goal. If you can achieve it, you're way out of the game. Well, and then the other side of that is that, and I guess the, the only thing that I said. I have no idea what I'm talking about in terms of Robert shows or whatever. Um, but any time you're looking at like taking on investment, it, it's got to be bigger than like one show or yeah. one product. Yeah, it's got to be anything. a portfolio. Yeah, portfolio. Yeah. Okay. I just raised ten million dollars for my company. For what? For, I just raised ten million dollars for my company in the last couple of weeks. Karen knows. So at the end of the day, um, how I raised that, you know what I messed up at several years ago, about seven years ago. I was trying to raise it for venture capital. You know, for the main company, which means I never buy. And the, the crazy thing was, I can never raise it for it. But then all of a sudden, when I opened up my holdings company last year, and I created this portfolio of 16 different companies, it was so easy to raise money. It was like a walk in the park. So in the same thing, in the same essence of what you're doing, people don't like to invest in singular things because, honestly, our chances of losing is singular. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Yeah, it's like... But if you have something that I have 12 shows, and you're telling me $360,000, 12 shows, hit or miss, that's a, that to me, that's something I would invest in. Because it's like, okay, the first two or three shows can be crazy. But let's say something goes, me as an investor, I'm coming in, and I'm not just coming in with money, I'm coming in with the time and the marketing and whatever, whatever. So at the end of the day, I'll, I'll let you do it on your own, and we get to three, and I'm like, oh shit. JD, where you at? Yeah, like, like I'm bringing in the team and saying, hey, like, let's build this and let's figure this out so I can make sure I make a return back on my investment. But when you come to me and you say, here's one idea, I can't do that. So I'm just going to cut it off there. I have a lot to say about this meeting, and I'm going to save it for later this month. That is because I have a producer who's also producing her non-union off-Broadway show in New York City. Her budget is $7,000. She's raising money. I'm raising money. How are we doing it when we can't get people to write a big fat check? That is the question 
we're going to discuss in the coming weeks. So please continue to subscribe, like, listen to this podcast, rate our podcast, review our podcast, do everything you can, buy a shirt for the musical, goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com. Next week, I'm bringing on a woman to talk about women in business, primarily at networking events, because I've noticed something so annoying and it's pissing me off and we're going to be exposing it next week. You do not want to miss any future podcasts because season two is all about the money and money is dirty. I just made that up, but it can be. Well, actually it's not for me. Some It's dirty for some people, but it's not dirty for me and that's why it's pissing me off. Okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Tune into next week, guys. See ya. Mm-hmm.